you want to decorate your home. You want it to look as cute as can be. You want it to be a warm and inviting environment that really just speaks to you and is a reflection of you. You want that, but without spending all the money. Am I right? All right. If that's you, you are going to want to listen to today's episode because I'm sharing six tips for saving money while home decorating. But before we dive in, I want to make sure that you are not missing out on some of the fun we're having over in the Facebook group. This month, we're doing a challenge called Love Your House More with Less. Each week, I'm teaching the group how we can really create a home environment that serves us more than we serve it. And like all challenges, there's a prize at the end. So if in this new year, you are hoping to make change in your home, creating systems that really serve you by getting rid of some of the stuff, reducing some of the clutter chaos that kind of bogs you down and creating systems of organization and tidying, girl, you better hop to it. Come join the fun at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. We'll see you there. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is. But our culture has shifted, and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget. Like ramen eating, goodwill shopping budget and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. All right, sister friend, so let's talk money. One of the things that holds people back from creating a home that they love is this idea that it costs a lot of money. And it can. And it's something that I've said, and I'll say it again, that if the expectation is that you go out and you buy the spring collection of Pottery Barn, yeah, that's going to cost a lot of money. Or if you go out and think that you need to hire the fancy pants designer who has a $10,000 minimum, sure, that's going to be a lot of money. But it doesn't have to. Design, home design, doesn't have to cost a lot of money. So today we're going to talk about six ways that you can be really resourceful without having the cheap replicas. Because if you remember, if you've been following along since the beginning of this new year and talking about ditching some of the cheap replicas and bringing in the good old stuff, that is one of the home design trends of this year. So we're not going to talk about getting out your craft sticks and your hot glue gun in order to create some piece of art. I'm not going there. We're talking real change, real design, real affordability. The first thing you can do to save a lot of money in home design is shopping the house. Thinking about all of the things that you might have that could be stored away that could be tucked away in the garage, in your closet, not used, and using those. Just because your lamp has been sitting in the living room for the last five years doesn't mean that that is the same lamp that needs to stay. Can you trade it out for one that's in the guest room? Can you bring down the artwork that's in your bedroom and put it in the living room? Shopping the house allows for flexibility 
and allows for a reimagination. It can be kind of like spring cleaning coupled with Christmas, like the bounty, but the freshness. A few years ago, I redesigned our master bedroom. And as I did that, the color story in the master bedroom changed a little bit. It went from grays and teals and pinks to a little bit more boho, a little bit more fresh and airy. It went to whites and blacks and rust oranges. And it was in that time that I realized, huh, in my dining room, I have a lamp with a rust orange lampshade. Cute, loved it, fine. It was fantastic there. But bringing it into my bedroom that now had a new color story was delightful. An unexpected change, an unexpected surprise. I also had a piece of artwork in my living room that had a rust orange mat around this picture. And this picture is a landscape of um, a place in Iowa we bought while we were living there and really gorgeous, really a nice reminder of where our roots started as a family. And that brought in such a wonderful addition to our bedroom and an unexpected addition to our bedroom. Rust, by the way, is not a color I'm naturally gravitating towards. I naturally gravitate towards cool colors like aquas and greens, but rust is not. Rust is rather warm, but I had a few pieces throughout the home. So keeping your eyes open to the possibility that the design elements that you're wanting to change out could be living in other areas of your home, like the metals or the colors or the shapes or the fabrics. One thing to keep in mind as you're shopping your home is that the removal of one item is kind of like dominoes. When I removed my lamp from my dining room in order to put it in my bedroom, I needed something to go in its place. Instead of going out and buying something, I shopped the house again and I took the lamps from my living room, put them in my dining room, took the lamp from my bedroom, put it in the living room. So you can see how it will cause a chain reaction, but it doesn't mean that you have to go to the store in order to fill that empty hole. Or maybe the hole is just fine the way it is. Next week, we're actually going to be diving deeper into shopping the house so that you can do that successfully and you can do it well. So if you haven't already hit the subscribe button on the show, go and do that so you don't miss next week's episode. And while you're there, will you do me a favor and leave a review? If you've been hanging out with me for three times or more, you are my girl. We are design besties and I want to make sure that other friends can find us too. So if you haven't yet left a review, please go and do that. The second thing you can do to save money when you're decorating your home is to go thrift shopping. This should sound familiar to some of you who've been listening for a while because we just talked about it in episodes 44 and 47. But I want to encourage you if you're new here to go back and listen to those episodes. I talk about why you should thrift, even what thrifting is, because it's not just going to Goodwill. It can be a variety of different things. And then how to do it efficiently so that you're not spending hours and hours and hours, unless you want to, on the hunt. But thrifting is a wonderful way to save money when you're decorating because all of the items are secondhand. They've had another story, they've lived another life, and they're generally not retail prices. Of course, in those episodes in 44 and 47, I am talking about knowing your bottom line, knowing the comparables so that you're not spending more than you should because you could definitely fall into that trap. But thrifting is a way for you to reimagine, reuse, repurpose 
items that have lived another life that could be a wonderful addition to the room that you're redecorating. And one of the best benefits of thrifting for some of your home decorating products is that these items look curated. They look storied. They look like you have collected them over a long period of time, which is opposite of going out and buying everything fresh from the spring collection of Pottery Barn. They look intentional. They look purposeful. They look hand-me-down. They look like they have been hand-selected over a long period of time, which is what curating does. It creates that nuance to your home's design in a way that new products sometimes lack and miss the boat on. The third way you can save money when you're decorating your home is to know which change you could make that would make the biggest, most mightiest impact change with the least amount of money. A pretty common misconception that I run into with homeowners is that you have to spend a lot of money to buy the new couch, the new thing, the new big side chair, the new coffee table. And that is going to be the thing that makes the biggest change in your home's design. Sometimes, yes, that can be the case. If you're changing the whole design, if your couch is ruined, if you're changing the color of that couch, for example, but oftentimes, no. So this piece that you think might need to be changed because you hate it, it's bringing the room down, it's causing you to want to gag every time you walk into the room, that thing, the perspective that you have on it can be shifted if you shift some of the other things in your room. When we talk about making big impact change, quite honestly, the biggest impact change you can make in your home's design is most likely going to be the paint, the paint on the wall. And once you change the paint on the wall, that changes the landscape that you can see your room in. It changes the lens that you view all of the other little pieces in. So if you think that the couch is the thing that's bringing you down, I want you, before you spend any more time on Pinterest, before you spend any more time at the furniture store, I want you to actually sit back with a cup of tea and I want you to look really for a little bit of time at the wall color. What color is that wall? And can you imagine what it might be if you change it? What it might do to the couch, the coffee table, the dining table, the bed, whatever it is that you're hating and thinking that you need to spend thousands of dollars on to change, what would happen if you first changed the wall color? Think about that. Now, some of you might have just painted and you might realize, oh yeah, I can see where she's coming from. I can see that that has kind of changed the perspective of these other pieces that I thought were problematic. What next? There are other high impact changes you can make without spending a lot of money. That couch that you bought three years ago that is just kind of driving you crazy, you're not sure you like the style anymore, but you're kind of thinking, I need a new couch because the couch is the, the deadbeat in here. It might not be. Think about some of the other changes you could make to the couch, on the couch, around the couch that could change the look of it without actually changing the couch. Because when you're changing pillows, for example, rather than the couch itself, you might be spending $100 on pillows rather than $2,000 on a new couch. That is savings in the bank. Okay, I've just given you two of mine, two of my top five that I would give to every single home design client, home staging client that make mighty, mighty change. If you don't know what those five are, I want you to go to bit.ly forward slash five number five home secrets and figure out what those are and not just figure out what they are. Don't just download it, but I want you to 
really examine that list in the room that you're wanting to redecorate. Examine that list, make a few of the changes, see if they can be something that would make a mighty change for you without spending all the money on the thing that you think is the deadbeat in bringing down the room's design, because chances are it is not. In that same light is number four, another way you can save money when you're home decorating. Understanding your list of priorities for the space is really critical. Knowing that you might want a new couch, but you don't need a new couch is really important when it comes time to save money, when it comes time to spend money. Understanding your needs versus your wants is a basic economic principle, but I think can be missed when it comes time to redecorating your home. It can be a misconception just like thinking that you need to have a new couch when you actually don't need to have a new couch. You need to have a new wall color to make the couch stand out in a way that it didn't before. But how do you understand your needs versus your wants if you don't really understand what you need in the room? So understanding your room's purpose, what you need it to do for you in that home is really critical. Do you have a living room with a love seat and two armchairs that can only seat four, but you actually host on a regular occasion 10 people? Okay, you might need more seating. Seating for you becomes a priority. One way that you can generate a little bit of income for that is to sell the seating that isn't working in order to subsidize the seating that you do need. On the flip side, do you have two hutches in your dining room when you actually only need one? Can you remove the other one to another location in your home, use it for another purpose, or can you sell it and use that as means for purchasing whatever item you needed in another room? Understanding the purpose you have for the room that you're wanting to decorate can really help you determine what stays and what goes. And if it goes, can you make a profit off of that in order to purchase the item that is needed? The fifth thing that will be helpful in saving you money while home decorating is to really be solid on your design aesthetic. When you understand not only what it is you gravitate towards, but the things that you gravitate towards time and time and time again, the things that are pulling your attention in home design in finishes like metals, woods, colors, textiles, if you understand the finishes that you are always and constantly drawn to, and that those finishes have worked time and time again for you, you will not only be able to make a decision a little bit quicker, but you will save money because you don't overspend when you're at the store. You can browse the aisles of your favorite home design store and appreciate the styles that you're seeing, but recognize while you're there that those aren't your design aesthetic. And when you recognize that you can appreciate it without bringing it home, you save money. How many times have you or do you know a friend who are constantly bringing new items in, new home decor items in, and then they don't know what to do with it? They like it at the store, they bring it home, they try it out, and they can't make it look quite right, or it doesn't quite fit. Something feels off. This is what I'm talking about. When you understand your design aesthetic, when you know it forwards and backwards, you can not only go thrifting, but you can also go to stores that are your favorite home design stores, browse the aisles, and pick the things that are picking you, and appreciate, but leave the things that are not your aesthetic. The last three things I mentioned understanding what biggest impact change you would need to make in your home or 
being solid of your list of priorities, understanding the purpose of your room, and knowing your design aesthetic, these are all something that I've taught about earlier on in the podcast. But I just recently created a five-day guide that is delivered to your email that will walk you through how to identify these things for yourself. If you're curious at what your design aesthetic is, or if you want to know how you determine what your room's purpose is, or if you need to know what biggest impact change should be made, I encourage you to go grab the guide. It's delivered to you daily for five days, and there are small snippets of information that you can use in order to gain this understanding as you redecorate your own room. So you can grab your back to basics by going to bit.ly forward slash F and F like fig and farm B to B. B like back to number two B basics. I'll have that link in the show notes because that is a mouthful. The sixth thing you can do to save money while you're decorating your home is to stop spending while you're planning. Put your credit card away, put it back, and just take a breather. One of the things I noticed early on while working with clients is that they are so eager for change. They're so excited. And as we go back and forth with the ideas and just following the design process, the eagerness for change can outweigh saving sensibilities. So there are times when I have had sit downs with clients and said, listen, you literally will save save more money, you will spend less if you hire me to do your shopping. (laughs) Because you are not going to be going out and buying and buying and buying because you're so eager and so excited and then having to return it because this one says, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. That's not the direction we're going. Now, the takeaway here is to not stop being excited, not stop being eager for change. Of course, we want you to. We want you to be eager for those changes if those changes are creating a space for your family that is really a wonderful respite from the rest of the world. If your space is a reflection of you and and is a space where you feel comfortable and calm and cozy and it's just super inviting. We want that for you. But we don't want you to overspend in the process. So one suggestion I would have for you is if you are going the direction of hiring a designer, have them do the shopping. Have them do the shopping for you, even though you are paying them per hour or per package or whatever you're paying them, have them do the shopping because they're going to be able to create and curate the look of the room that you're going for. They're going to be able to create that style for you and they're going to end up Even though you're paying them to do the shopping, they're going to end up saving you money in the long run. Now, if you're not going the direction of a designer, awesome, you're doing it yourself. But you're walking through the process of understanding the purpose of your room, your aesthetic, really grounding down on that so that when you are making the plan for your room, you're really being detailed with your plan so that you're not wasting your time spending money and making all these returns because when you get it back into your home, you end up realizing that that was a the wrong choice. You don't know what to do with it once you get it home. And if all of that sounds ideal and like the direction you want to go, but you're still not sure how in the world to make it happen, you can do one of two things. You can go back to the very beginning of the podcast and you can listen to episode six, seven, eight, something like that, back to basics, and you can piecemeal it together on your own and hope that you make the transformation that you're hoping to make. 
Of course, if you do that, I do want you to come and join the Facebook group so that we can support your journey along the way. Or you can get on the wait list to join the spring session of the Design 101 group where I walk a small group of women through 10 weeks of transformation. The group has been designed to give accountability and support. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon. And understanding really where your money should be spent and where it shouldn't be spent. I teach you how to make a mood board, how to make a project map that combines budget and a realistic timeline that's specific to you. You learn and practice styling tips and you learn the guidelines that kind of make the room come together. There's all of this and so, so much more. It is jam-packed full of really wonderful, actionable, tangible steps to move your design needle forward in your home. And once you learn it once, you can transfer all of that knowledge into other rooms of your home and even helping mom, helping your auntie, helping your friend down the street. And the last tip I'd like to throw in is a bonus. And it has a culmination of all of this together. And that is to be patient and enjoy the journey. Understand the reason why you want to decorate your home, decorate your room, make change in your space, and understand that it's not necessarily for show, it's for the people who live there. It's for creating a space that is meant to be lived in with intention. It's creating a space that is really a respite from the world around us. It's a space that you love coming home to and a space that really is inviting, inviting you to live the life that you've dreamed of living in your home, in your space. So that really is tip number seven, the bonus, just be patient. It's going to come. Take the time that it's going to take to really enjoy the process and learn the things that you need to learn in order to create a space that really is a joy to be in. All right, girls, until next time, I hope you're well. I'll see you soon.